0: Welcome to In the Weeds with Nicole Asquith, exploring the way culture shapes our relationship to the natural world. Hey guys, how's summer treating you? I'm in California. I'm working on a future episode and visiting family. I've been traveling for a while. Is it just me or do I sound more Californian in California? So anyway... Unfortunately, I don't have the time to produce a full episode this week, but as an interlude of sorts, I wanted to highlight a section of my interview with Doug Tallamy that wasn't included in my episode with him. I left it out at the time because it didn't seem in keeping with the theme, but it's pretty important stuff. We talked about the research he's been doing in partnership with the Smithsonian on coffee production and bird habitat. Anyone with a passing familiarity with coffee parlance will know that shade-grown is superior to regular coffee, and some of you may even know why. According to Talamy, however, shade-grown is not good enough.
1: I'm drinking coffee right now as we, as we talk. We have, uh, oh, what is it, 350 species of birds in North America that are long-distant migrants. So they're flying, uh, we call them neotropical migrants. They fly down to the tropics, either Central America or all the way down to South America, to spend the winter. And most of the areas where they are now wintering you know they were primary habitat primary forest and everything was great but now they are coffee farms so the the standard line has been if the coffee is grown as shade coffee so canopy trees are either retained when the coffee goes in or they're planted they shade the coffee but they also provide habitat for these wintering birds Uh, well we've been we've been looking into that and the problem is it depends on which tree is, is throwing the shade. We just got back from Peru, actually, working on shade coffee, and it's very distressing to see that most of the shade is being created by eucalyptus or by pines. Neither of those are native to Peru, and neither of those plants are producing any of the insects that the birds need while they're in that shade coffee. The birds that are migrating are insectivores. They're going to the tropics because the insects from, from you know, the temperate zone are gone in the wintertime. They need to eat insects every single day. And if they go to a eucalyptus-shaded coffee farm, there's nothing to eat. So uh, we're, we're trying to um, – you know, we're being sensitive because coffee growers b- grow eucalyptus to get the lumber out of it. But if they want to be certified as bird-friendly – and that's the certification that you should look for. It's it's the Smithsonian brand of certified coffee. It's got the strictest requirements. So any any coffee that is labeled bird-friendly uh, has been grown under shade and and we're trying to make that the right shade. Then then you're assuring that the birds have had uh the ability to to spend the winter and and eat in that in that coffee. They're like 40, is it 40 million acres of, of coffee in Central America right now? It's a huge amount of area. And if all of that is taken away from birds in terms of their overwintering, we're going to lose an awful lot of species of birds. It's not just their breeding in North America that's in trouble, it's their wintering in, in Central and South America. Of course, the alternative to shade coffee is sun coffee, which is absolutely no habitat at all for birds. So shade is a step in the right direction but we want to we want to make sure that the the shade is produced by trees that actually produce the insects these birds need. And that's what our research is about. We're we're looking at which trees do that the best so that we can give growers a list and saying if you really want to be bird friendly certified you have to you have to have these plants shading your coffee. And then they can decide, well I really want lumber instead and okay, but but you're not going to be certified as bird friendly.
0: I happen to live with a coffee dork though he tells me that his case of coffee dorkery is mild compared to some. Still, the beans have to be fresh, they are weighed and then ground before being filtered through special Japanese filters. I'm not sure why the filters have to be ordered from Japan, but apparently they do. Needless to say, I want him to drink bird-friendly coffee, but I know it's not going to happen until some of these gourmet hipster coffee roasters get in on the game. So if you're a coffee dork, like my husband, maybe contact Blue Bottle or Intelligentsia, or whatever counts as legit coffee these days, and tell them you want coffee that's supporting bird habitat. I'll be back in two weeks with an episode that asks the question, or rather tries to answer the impossible question, what is culture? If this podcast is about how culture shapes our relationship to the natural world, I suppose we need to know what we're talking about when we say culture. Culture. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the podcast, please write us a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, or tell a friend. Thanks.